Welcome to Slate Church Online. We are so glad to have you. My name is Brandon Richardson. I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my wife, Emma, and we pastor alongside the incredible Luke and Victoria Betger. We don't know how you found us, but however you found us, we just wanna give you a big welcome and say it's our pleasure to have you with us today. Whether you're watching on demand on our YouTube channel or right now you're watching live, it is an honor to have you a part of our online services today. We wanna welcome you, and if you're watching live right now, in the chat section, we actually have a button that says invite. You can invite people uh, by just clicking that right now and sending it either via email or text to somebody who think might actually uh, value this, uh, this service and this experience. Uh, so why don't you just click that invite button? If you're watching on demand, it's as easy as ever just to copy that link up in your browser and send it to somebody who you think might uh, value from this. We would love for you to invite somebody to the service. Again, uh, what we receive is not just meant for us, but it's actually meant to be given to others. And so uh, we would love if you would hit that invite button. If you've never joined us before, why don't you fill out an online connect card? All you have to do is go to slatechurch.com, scroll to the bottom and fill out our online connect card. We would love to connect with you. There have been actually a lot of people over the last few weeks connecting with us as a church, getting involved in teams, connect groups, that sort of thing. More information on that to come. We would love for you uh, to fill out a connect card and we would love to connect with you. We're about to start our worship uh, service right now. We're gonna start with some worship. Uh, if you're sitting in your room, why don't you stand up? If you're sitting in a room with a bunch of other people, why don't you stand up? Turn up that volume. Get your hands ready. Let's get them warmed up. We're gonna be doing lots of stuff today. We're so glad to have you, but let's lean into all that God has for us and really lean into this time of worship together. Salvation sounds a new beginning. As distant hearts begin believing, redemption spirit is unrelenting. Your love goes on. With your endless grace, 
chains are now death has no hold on me cause your grace holds that ground and your grace holds me now your grace holds me now
time of worship. We're so thankful for our incredible team and everybody behind the scenes that makes this happen. We want to thank you, whether you're on worship or you're mixing sound or video, you know who you are. And as lead pastors, we just want to thank you for all of the hard work that you're putting in. And why don't you just drop a little thank you in the comment section right now, whether you're watching live or on demand, let's use that chat to thank everybody who's involved in making this happen week to week. Right now we wanna launch into our prayer and praise time. And as a church, every single week, we actually pray over the prayer re uh, requests that have come in. And we thank God for all the things that he's been doing. If you wanna join us for prayer, every single Thursday from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we actually gather together online to pray over all the prayer requests and all the other things going on in our world. If you wanna join that, you can go to slatechurch.com slash prayer. And again, we're doing that via Zoom and uh, we would love to have you, but that's where you get the link. Right now, we're gonna pray over the, all the prayer requests that have come in over the past week. Um, just a few of the ones that have come in. Uh, today, we're praying for all the teachers and students as they go back to school this fall. We're praying for the students that are moving away from home for the first time, especially in the midst of a pandemic. We're praying for the brokenness uh, that we're seeing surrounding the, uh, the black lives that have been lost. We're praying for revival and a changing of hearts that only God can do. We're praying for someone as they start a new school year. Pray for discipline 
and patience. We're praying for someone who is having major surgery this week. We're praying that they would have smooth recovery, uh, a smooth surgery, and a full recovery. There's so many more prayer requests that have come in. We'd love for you to submit yours at slatechurch.com prayer. There's an online prayer card there. We'd love to hear your prayer requests so that we can actually pray alongside you. We're getting so many come in each week. We wanna make sure that we're including you in, those, uh, in, in that prayer time. Why don't we all bow our heads as we begin to pray? Jesus, thank you so much for who you are and that you hear our prayers and our requests when we ask you. Jesus, we know today as we begin to pray that you've already been working in these situations working in these circumstances. God, we pray for divine intervention. We pray for healing. We pray that you would uh, come alongside the brokenhearted, that you would heal those that are hurting in their minds right now, and that ultimately, God, you would show yourself to us as God, as Lord, as Almighty, as a miracle worker. God, we believe in the miracle working power of you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, why don't we thank God for some of the things he has been doing in our church as well. Somebody today is thanking, uh, thanking God that their dad was discharged from the hospital and, they, and that he is feeling strong and healthy. Someone else is thanking God that they've been blessed with a job after 15 months of unemployment. Come on, praise God that in the midst of the pandemic, he's still, uh, he's still providing jobs. Someone's thankful for the opportunity to go to church. Amen. And what a great uh, bunch of worship nights that we had uh, just a, about a week ago. That was absolutely phenomenal. Someone is thankful that they were able to worship alongside others during the week that we were just talking about. Someone else is thankful that they uh, for the, um, thankful that they have been healed of scoliosis and that they're able to do activities with their pain or discomfort. Come on, can we thank God right now, wherever we find ourselves, and praise God that He is still moving in our church and in our world today. Amen. Well, church, it's so good to have you uh, joining us online today. Wherever you're watching, whenever you're watching, uh, we just want to welcome you and we're so thankful for you. One of the, one of the um, things that we uh, love to do uh, every single time we gather together, whether it's digitally or in person, is we love to talk about generosity and giving back financially to God. We do this uh, to remind ourselves of the benefit uh, of giving, but also of, of the need to give. And so today to encourage us in our giving, I want to welcome up uh, my wife, Pastor Emma. Hey church, I am excited to talk to you about generosity today, whether you're watching um, live in the morning or you're watching some other time throughout the week, I think it's important that we talk about generosity. We are a church that loves to give. We are a church that loves to be generous. And God talks about uh, generosity, specifically financial generosity, so much in scripture. Money is talked about so much throughout the Bible. So it's important that we take this time and also talk about it. You know, we have kind of a routine in our house that when the kids are up in the morning, they get to go downstairs and just take a few minutes to relax. Maybe they watch a show as the morning is getting started and that sort of thing. Well, this morning when I took Claire down along with our other two um, to go and watch a show and sit on the couch, we put them all on and I got them all on the couch and I always cover them with a blanket. I like them to be cozy as they're kind of just waking up in the morning. And I put this blanket on Claire and then I extended it over to Kenzie. I mean, Claire is only one year old. She is not that big. She does not need a full-size throw blanket on her. And Claire freaked out. Like I'm telling, she squealed, she screamed, she said no. And then she grabbed the blanket and pulled it over to her off of her older sister and said, mine. 
And I was just so struck by this action. I was shocked that she acted this way. I was shocked that she pulled this blanket away from her. And I was like, okay, obviously we need to deal with this. You know, when I was preparing for this giving talk, I was thinking about this story and this idea that we can actually be so much the same when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our material possessions, when it comes to what we have, when this idea of, of someone saying, hey, what about giving that? What about giving that back? What about sharing that? What about um, releasing that to God? Our reaction internally is to rip that back, to hold that back and say, no, that's mine. You know, in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul talks about this and in the message version it says, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. You know, what does it look like to be a cheerful giver, church? What does it look like to not be uh, giving grudgingly, begrudgingly, or, or giving out of this, oh, I have to, or someone told me that I have to share, like a one-year-old might be told that they have to share their blanket, but actually say, hey, I wanna give generously because God has given this to me. I wanna give generously out of the uh, amount that God has given and sowed into my life, so I get to actually put that into what God is doing in his church. What an incredible opportunity that is. And you know, I love God's word because a little bit earlier in this chapter, it says a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Make up your own mind what you will give. And God loves it when we are cheerful in our giving. You know, what are you gonna give today, church? What does it look like to um, sow this out? And then God in all of his goodness really uh, brings that back to us and we get a lavish crop in return. It's this incredible thing that happens in God's kingdom, in God's economy. So let's not be like Claire today. Let's not hold back and say, no, this is mine. Let's be open-handed, releasing to God what is his. You know, there's many different ways that we can give and they're gonna be coming up on the screen as well as uh, jumping up in the chat and feel free to do that. Feel free to find what way works best for you. You can look at all the different options, um, but just wanna encourage you to take part in this. If you call Slate Church home, if you've been uh, attending, watching for a while now, why don't you make this next step and this commitment to actually be giving back to God on a regular basis out of what he has given to you. Why don't we pray for our giving today? Jesus, I thank you that we get to give. I thank you that we get to be part of a church that values generosity. Lord, I just pray that you would take what comes in this week and you would just multiply it. You would work it in ways that would benefit your kingdom in incredible, incredible ways. We pray this in your name. Amen. And we've uh, we've been working on a lot in the background. A lot of you are wondering. You've been re you've been referencing this background thing for a long time. Well, this week on social media, we want you to keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we're going to be doing an announcement regarding the fall and all that is to come. Of course, you already know if you've been tuning in, and if you haven't, here's the announcement. In Waterloo Region, uh, we are actually reopening our uh, uh, physical services starting September 20th on our fall kickoff. We are so excited for this that on September 20th, not only are we gonna be, celeb be uh, celebrating three years as a church, we're also gonna be reopening 
our physical uh, main location, okay? What this means is for our main location, which is our morning services in Waterloo, we're gonna be uh, meeting back at Maxwell's. There's gonna be more information on how to register for that uh, to come. But we also know that online is so significant for so many of us. Even in the Waterloo region, there's gonna be a lot of us that will prefer for the time being to stay online because we're still in the midst of a pandemic. And we want you to know that there's big things coming for that. So please stay tuned on social media this week as we come out with an announcement for what the online experience is gonna look like for the fall and all the different uh, exciting things that we have coming for that uh, this coming fall as well. So there's not just stuff for people that are gonna be joining in person, but we also understand that our reach is much bigger than Waterloo, especially in this season, as we've been able to reach not just in uh, Waterloo or Ontario or even in Canada, but all over uh, all over the world, we want you to know that there's actually some, been some stuff that we've been working on for you as well. So stay tuned. Social media, you can follow us at Slate Church, um, whether that be on Instagram or uh, or on Facebook. I don't think that we do anything on Twitter, but I'm sure we're on there as well. Uh, and you can follow us there for those announcements. And we'll also be uh, doing that announcement uh, here during our Sunday services next week as well. So just stay tuned because it's really important. There's one thing I missed earlier, and uh, it's just that, why don't you just send a text to somebody that you've been connecting with or meaning to connect with uh, at Slate Church over the last little while. Maybe right now you actually need to use this time to set up that meeting that you've been meaning to set up. Uh, maybe it's a Zoom call, maybe it's a, a coffee date, whatever it is. But why don't we just send a text to somebody today and say, hey, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're watching. Let them know that they're loved. Maybe try to think of somebody you haven't messaged in a long time, because this is an important thing. In the midst of everything going on, it's so important to stay connected. So make sure you do that right now, okay? The other thing we need to do right now is get our notebooks out, get our phones out, get, uh, again, my, my preference is a child's arm and a pen to write my notes on, because we need to lean in and be expectant for this final installment in this series we've been going through called Home Blind. And it's been an incredible series. It's been uh, really great for our church and just defining some of the things that maybe we've become home blind in our own home called Slate Church, uh, the, home, uh, the, the, the home that Jesus is establishing for all of us. And it's been an incredible, uh, uh, incredible series. And for this final installment, it's my pleasure to welcome and introduce uh, an incredible guy, somebody who I know that is going to be speaking incredible truth today to us. Um, I want to welcome up Pastor Luke. Well, hey, church. Welcome to Church Online today. We're so glad that you've joined us. And, you know, I'm so excited to be preaching this message to you today. I'm really believing that God wants to move. I'm really believing that God wants to continue to work through this series that we find ourselves in. If you didn't know, right now we're in the middle of a series called Home Blind. And this is a series where we're talking all about those types of things, those areas of our life, areas of church, areas of God, that we can actually just become complacent with. We can grow a little bit apathetic towards. We can become home blind to that which we just grow familiar with. And we don't wanna do that as a church. We don't wanna become complacent or apathetic to all that God is doing, the way that he is moving in our lives and all that he wants to do. So we are through this series 
opening up our eyes, reawakening to all that God is doing and all that he wants to do. And we're gonna continue today on a topic that I am really looking forward to speak to you about today. I'm talking to us all about the fact that we cannot become home blind to the Holy Spirit. So easy to become home blind to the Holy Spirit, but really I believe that if we would open our eyes to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us, that we're gonna see amazing things take place. So listen, if you're taking notes today, why don't you go ahead and you can write down this title for my sermon. You can write down the title, My Cup Overflows. Go ahead and write that down, My Cup Overflows. Let somebody know in the comments, My Cup Overflows. Let somebody know that you might be watching this with. Tell them, My Cup Overflows. And why don't we pray, and we're gonna jump right into this message. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we get to uh, talk about this idea of being home blind, and we thank you that we get to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Father, would you just speak to us wherever we're, we find ourselves watching this, whenever we find ourselves watching this, I pray that your word would speak so clearly. In your mighty name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife, uh, Pastor Victoria, she posted something on her Instagram and I just thought it was amazing. Uh, the picture itself looked super weird and old school and strange, uh, but what it contained was so good. It, it, said, it said this, quite simply. It said, the pessimist says, my cup is half empty. The optimist says, my cup is half full. The psalmist says, my cup overflows. <laughs> I love that. What a great perspective to have. I don't know about you, but that's the way that I want to live my life, with a cup that overflows, that no matter what my situation, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the season is, I'm not going to approach it as a pessimist. I'm not gonna approach it as an optimist, but I'm gonna approach life as a psalmist, as a worshiper, as somebody who has praise flowing from my lips because my cup overflows. But overflows with what? That's the question. I wonder if you were to get honest with yourself today, what is it that your life overflows with? Maybe right now your life is overflowing with opinions. Maybe opinions around uh, who knows what. I think that there's a lot of things that our, our society is opinionated about right now. Maybe your cup overflows with worry. Maybe your cup overflows with fear. Maybe your cup overflows with, you name it, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. What is it that your, that your cup overflows with? I know that for me, I want my cup, my life, to overflow with the Spirit of God. I do not want to be home blind to the Holy Spirit at work in my life, but I want my life to reflect John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. It says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit. You know, I want rivers of living water to flow from within me. My cup overflows with the spirit of God. You know, since becoming a homeowner, it's amazing how much my interests have changed. You know, where uh, at one time I used to think about how I could style my hair, now I think how about how I can style my lawn, right? Things have really changed. And earlier this year, uh, Victoria and I, we planted some grass seed 
in our yard, trying to fill it out a little bit in some spots that were, uh, you know, a little sparse. And of course, I, I needed to water this grass seed. And so I took the hose out and, um, you know, I tried watering the grass with the hose, but the hose wasn't working so well. And I didn't want to stand there all the time having to water it. And so I sort of tried to like Jerry rigged this sprinkler contraption. I didn't have an actual sprinkler and I thought that I would just rig something up to do it. And it really wasn't working. It was just this terrible, uh, like leaky. It wasn't watering a good amount of space. It wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. The grass was dying. Um, and so it, I decided I needed to take a trip to my favorite store, Home Depot. And I uh, went to Home Depot looking to buy a sprinkler. I remember walking down the sprinkler aisle seeing all these sprinklers that seemed overpriced and overfeatured. It seemed totally unnecessary. I remember seeing one, uh, you know, the Ultra Sprinkler Matic 4000 with built-in Bluetooth sprinkle control and LED lights, and it had a speaker in it that played Enya to the grass to encourage the grass to grow. And I just thought, this is totally overkill. Okay, I don't need this. And I kept going down the sprinkler aisle until I came across a sprinkler that the name of the sprinkler, it said right on the packaging, Dad's Reliable Sprinkler all metal construction, dad's reliable, $10. I mean, this was right up my alley, okay? If it's good enough for dad, it's good enough for me. So that's the one that I bought, dad's reliable sprinkler. I took it home, I, I, I dismantled the sprinkler contraption that I had rigged up, and I plugged in dad's reliable sprinkler, and I will tell you that out of that sprinkler flowed rivers of living water that watered that grass and caused it to grow. You know, when it comes to my faith, when it comes to the Holy Spirit working and flowing in my life, I want to be like dad's reliable sprinkler. My cup overflows, bringing life to the environment around me. But we've got to be intentional about this. We can't become home blind to the Holy Spirit. If we do, then we start approaching our relationship with Jesus as maybe just some strange sort of self-help. If we come, if we become home blind to the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly we start approaching church as entertainment. All of a sudden we start approaching relationships with selfish motivation. We start to operate according to our own strength, which inevitably will, will fizzle out. Uh, we start to view God as a sort of back pocket insurance policy so that we can get into heaven. If there even is a heaven, we don't really know, but we don't really care because we haven't actually encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, if we become home blind, to this, we miss out on all that the Holy Spirit wants to give to us and do through us. But of course, you may be wondering, what even is the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Maybe you're tuning in, you have no idea what that even means. Like the Holy Spirit, this sounds strange, right? This is a little spooky. What am I tuning into here? What are we talking about? I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And so I wanna put this as plainly as I possibly can today. And I'm gonna give you a roadmap right now for where, we go, where we're going, just to make this simple for you today. So to begin, I wanna outline who the Holy Spirit is. Then I wanna move in talking about the work that the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. And then I want to conclude, really, ways that we can seek out the Holy Spirit and make sure that we don't become home blind. And listen, this is going to be a bit of a teaching message. I hope that's okay. But I really believe that if we can grab a hold of this, and if we can open our eyes today to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that as we come into deeper understanding of this, is that it's going to have a major impact on your life and on the world around you. So let's start with who the Holy Spirit is. What, what's going on? 
Let me preface this by saying I don't have time right now to give an exhaustive sort of lesson on who the Holy Spirit is, okay? I just want to give like a, a working definition for us to work with right now. Um, and so I'm not going to go too deep, but I want to give you some definition. But I do want to just give a bit of a plug here that the topic on the Holy Spirit is actually uh, just one lesson of our, our Slate summer school that we had this past summer that was incredible. And we're actually gonna be bringing it back uh, for, for more later this year as well. So make sure you watch that and sign up if you are interested in going deeper in this topic. Make sure that you do that. But the Holy Spirit is one part uh, of what we as Christians call the Trinity. And the concept of the Trinity simply states this, that God is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is three persons. Each person is fully God, and God is one. Now, again, I know that this is a little bit hard to understand. It's tough to wrap uh, your head around, and it's important for us to also, as we talk about this, understand that there really is a bit of divine mystery to all of this. And forgive me for not staying longer on this, but God is three persons. So the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, Son is not the Father, etc. Um, but each person is fully God. So it's not like the Father is really God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are like uh, less than God. That's not the case. And God is one. Scripture is abundantly clear that there is one and only one uh, God. Uh, the, the, the different persons in the Trinity are one, not only in purpose, not only uh, in agreement, but they are one essence. They are one in their essential nature. God is one being. There are not three gods. There is only one God. Now, the persons of the Trinity have different primary functions in relation to the world, and today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit's function in our world. According to the theologian Wayne Grudem, the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring to completion the work that has been planned by God the Father and begun by God the Son. And what is that work? It's the redemption of humanity. And how does the Holy Spirit work? Well, one way is in us and through us to see that happen. We can't become home blind to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us because there is work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. And so how, what is some of this work that the Holy Spirit does in and through us? I want to go through that right now. The first thing is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. First thing is that the Holy Spirit empowers. The Holy Spirit is life giving, gives life to you, gives life to me. Let's not take it for granted that the Holy Spirit brings life to otherwise dead situations and dead things. The Spirit gives and sustains life, all life. That is nature. That is everything. That's why it's so incredible to, to consider the role that the Holy Spirit plays in giving us new life. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, verse 5 to 7, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and born of the Spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. You know, this is what it means to be born again. We die to our sinful way of living, and we are born again, receiving new life through the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in Romans 8:11, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I wonder, are there areas of your life today that might feel dead? 
perhaps you feel like you don't even have a purpose. Maybe you feel today like you're just kind of floating around purposeless through life. Can I remind you that you can be born again, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead uh, can live in you, giving you true life, joy-filled, freedom-filled, peace-filled, purpose-filled life to your body, to who you are. The Holy Spirit empowers and brings new life. And also, through this new life in us, the Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. We are empowered to serve other people through the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, The Holy Spirit empowers us to preach, empowers us to act, empowers us to fill a need wherever we see a need. We read in scripture that the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus' disciples. Acts 1 verse 8 said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gave power to the preaching and the teaching of the early church so that as the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they proclaimed the word boldly with great power. We read that in Acts 4 verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Then Peter preached the message and 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. And the church, as we know it today, was born in that moment. The Holy Spirit speaks through the gospel message as it is proclaimed to people's hearts. Where did the effectiveness of the ministry of the early church and the disciples lie? Was it in their eloquence of being able to speak well? Was it in uh, their effectiveness of being able to witness or tell people about Jesus? What Was it that they had awesome sage and awesome lights? Was it uh, that, that they had all of these different things going on. You know, if we become home blind to the power of the Holy Spirit, we might think that those types of things are enough. But that's not the case. Their ministry was so effective because they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were speaking life. Their cup overflowed. From them, streams of living water flowed to a world that is navigating a desert. They don't need to be impressed by your ability. They need need to encounter the stream of living water that is pouring out of your life. If you feel burnt out, if you feel tired, if you feel when it comes to ministry, like you can't possibly invite another person to church, you couldn't possibly tell another person your testimony, you couldn't possibly uh, encourage somebody else or whatever else it it might be. I wanna just put a challenge out there to you today to stop relying on your own strength and start uh, actually leaning in to the Holy Spirit that wants to empower you for ministry, that wants to empower you to be able to speak uh, God's word, that wants to empower you to be able to share your story and your testimony, that the world around would actually reap the benefit of your cup overflowing. The Holy Spirit empowers. Number two, the Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit purifies. Somebody put that in the comments. The Holy Spirit purifies. You know, purity is uh, uh, sometimes a word that's thrown around in Christianity. It's almost become a bit of a Christian buzzword, hasn't it? The idea of purity. You know, to any of us who grew up in the church and to those of us who grew up uh, going to youth group, purity was probably something that we heard a lot about. 
Does anybody remember those times in youth group where, you know, you take the guys in one room and the, the girls would go in another room and, you know, it was always talking about, you know, you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your purity. Keep yourself pure. You know, don't even look at a girl. Don't even look at a guy. And we, you know, it's easy to think about purity only in terms of sex. I can remember uh, sitting in these rooms and, you know, like some of the youth leaders talking about purity and it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I've never kissed a girl because I'm just going to, I'm just guarding my purity. And I can remember thinking like, even as a 14 year old, like, oh yeah, that's the reason that you've never kissed a girl. You're guarding your purity. Yeah, sure. It, maybe it's because no girl wants to actually kiss you, right? <laughs> and I, I can just remember talking about purity all the time. And listen, of course, that stuff is important. We need to stay pure when it comes to, to sex. But purity goes a lot further than only that. The Holy Spirit purifies us. The Holy Spirit cleanses us from sin. The Holy Spirit makes us more holy in our everyday life. You know, when people become Christians, the Holy Spirit does a purifying work, cleansing us from sin, making a break from the patterns of sin in which we once lived, um, and making a new way forward. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 6.11. He says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. But this initial break with sin is just the beginning because the Holy Spirit also produces in us an ability to grow in holiness day after day after day after day. And when I refer to holiness, I really just mean being set apart, being set apart, not just from the ways of sin, but being set apart for the purposes of God. In fact, if you're watching this today, and again, you feel purposeless and you feel like you don't know what you should be doing, Firstly, you should know that God has a purpose for you. And secondly, instead of spending so much time trying to figure out your purpose, instead, why not spend some more time pursuing holiness and watch as that purpose begins to reveal itself through the Holy Spirit at work in your life. One of the things that the Holy Spirit makes possible for us is the ability to live our lives with the fruit of the Spirit abiding in us. Galatians 5, uh, it tells us about the fruit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are qualities that reflect the character of God. These, these are the qualities, by the way, that make people stop and say, what is so different about that person's life? How do they go through that the way that they do? How do they love people like that? How do they have, have that faith in? How do they have that hope? How do they have that self-control in that tough situation? What is going on? That is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It, 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 it actually transforms us into the likeness of Christ. And every single day, we need to be taking steps into becoming more like Jesus. We gotta be constantly formed into his likeness for the sake of the world around us. We need to remember that this happens not just because of our own efforts. We can't just, you know, it's that phrase like you can't squeeze a lemon ripe. And it's the same thing when it com comes to being made and formed into the image of Christ. By our own effort, we can't just do it. It actually comes by surrendering ourselves, laying aside our desire, and instead uh, following the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit purifies us from the inside out, as sin is displaced and replaced by the Holy Spirit. It's amazing that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, sin no longer looks tempting. 
it looks disgusting. We don't even want any part of it. And so it's not something that we just try and will away in our own strength, but instead we surrender ourselves and we allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which purifies us from the inside out. And what's inside rises to the surface. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about our cup overflows. Suddenly we get into a difficult situation and we're squeezed from every angle. And what comes up is the fruit of the Spirit. Our cup overflows with the fruit of the Spirit into the world around us. Number three, the Holy Spirit reveals. The Holy Spirit reveals. I wonder, what does the Holy Spirit want to reveal in your life today? That's an exciting prospect. You know, earlier this year, um, this past spring, I was having an early morning breakfast, sitting outside on our back patio area at my house. And I was sitting there and our backyard has a lot of trees. It's got a lot of birds in our backyard. And it was early in the morning, the birds were singing. It was one of those really idyllic, beautiful spring mornings. And there's this one bird that's in our backyard and it's got this sort of two-tone whistle. It goes something like this. It goes like, Forgive my whistling skills, okay? And uh, if you're like a, a bird fanatic, you might know what bird that is. It's, it's there all the time. It's like <whistles> And every time that bird does that and I'm sitting in the backyard, I whistle back at the bird, okay? So the bird whistles to me. <whistles> I whistle back at the bird. <whistles> and, you know, we have this beautiful moment. Me and the bird, it's a beautiful moment. I love it. Well, on this day, uh, I was whistling back and forth with this bird and we're doing it like five or six times back and forth. I was like, this is actually kind of cool. When all of a sudden I heard over my neighbor's fence, uh, my neighbor clear their throat. And both my neighbor and myself realized it was revealed to us in that moment that we had been whistling at each other that morning. <laughs> we haven't spoken since, okay? Um, in fact, I'm probably gonna sell the house at this point. <laughs> but it's amazing how once something is revealed, it's not mistaken for better or for worse. Remember John 7 that we read earlier. So Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit would be so powerful that it would be like a river of living water flowing from our inmost being. You know, this simile really, it serves to imply that the people around us will be aware of a presence that would be revealed through the way that we live and the way that we operate. I find it incredible that God wants to reveal himself to others through me and through you. I find it incredible, I also find it terrifying Let's be real, there's a, a weight of responsibility to that, that we should actually feel on our shoulders. Of course, pretending is no good. The world doesn't need more you know, fake Christians or more whatever. Um, I love that quote by Richard Foster, what the world needs is more deep Christians. And that's what we need. That we need to go deep when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Um, again, God wants to reveal himself to the world through your life, through your obedience, through the way that you love others, through the way that you speak to others, through the way that you speak his name and tell others of his goodness. And if we grow home blind to the spirit at work in our lives, then not only have we lost the revelation of his spirit, but the world in our sphere of influence has lost the revelation that could have been brought. If we become apathetic towards the Holy Spirit, then the stream of living water turns once more into just a dripping hose. It turns into just a leaky faucet. And I don't wanna have faith that is like a leaky faucet. I wanna have faith that is like a rushing river. The Holy Spirit is revealed to others 
through us, but also the Holy Spirit reveals to us that which God would have us do. The Holy Spirit guides and directs God's people. This is good news for us, especially for those of us who are navigationally challenged. And I'm not just talking about navigationally challenged when it comes to driving directions, but I'm talking about when it comes to life directions. You know, one of the things that we hear most common as lead pastors at Slate Church is just, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know where to go. I don't know what God has for me. I don't know what my purpose is. Well, I don't know either, to tell you the truth. I don't. But I do know that God has a plan for you. And I do know that he has a purpose for you. And so how about inviting the Holy Spirit to guide you? Galatians 5.16 says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. You know, often we weigh all the options that are potentials for our lives on an intellectual level, what we think makes the most sense according to us, and we can spend our hours, we can spend days, we can spend years intellectually trying to consider all the possible scenarios, all the things that we could do, but we spend very little time actually seeking the guidance and the revelation of the Holy Spirit trying to discern what God would have us do. Have you ever felt that prompting deep within your spirit? Have you ever felt a direction? Listen and respond to the spirit. God wants to reveal a way forward for you. Now quickly, just as I'm about to wrap this up, I wanna give you some very, very, very practical ways that you can actually seek the Holy Spirit in your life today, starting right now. It doesn't have to be something you plan for. It can actually begin right now, some very practical ways that you can do that so that we don't become home blind to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The first is this. We need to meditate on the word. John 6 verse 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. I love what Jesus is saying. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, as we're filled with God's word, as we meditate on scripture, as we meditate on his word, we begin to see the Holy Spirit at work in all kinds of areas of our lives in totally new ways. We need to take the time daily to read the Bible, to, to get into scripture. We don't need to make it some strange competition. We don't need to do it to fill a quota. We don't need to do it to beat somebody else or to beat ourselves or to set personal bests or records or any of those other things that our society so often values. But instead we need to read scripture. We need to meditate on scripture. Uh, we don't just need to read it and then run off to the next activity having checked that box in our day, but we need to allow scripture to wash over us, to influence us, to allow it to change us from the inside out. And I really believe that as we do this, that the Holy Spirit will reveal himself to you as you meditate. You take that time intentionally and meditate on his word. You know, it's really interesting that the Holy Spirit uh, really reveals himself to us based on our level of expectation, based on our level of faith, based on how much actually we seek him. And so let's make sure that we are doing that when it comes to God's word. Number two, so first we need to meditate on God's word. Number two, we need to believe what we see and hear in God's word. Galatians 3 verse five, Paul asked, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So, the Holy Spirit is supplied to us 
and works powerfully in us as we hear the word with faith. We got to believe the word. It's not just enough to hear it. We need to hear it with faith and believe God's word. Number three, you need to be obedient to what you've heard and seen, right? So we need to meditate on his word. We need to believe his word. We need to be obedient to his word. It, it, John 14, 23, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and will come to him and make our home in him. As we are obedient to God's word, the Holy Spirit moves into our lives. We must be obedient. Again, it's not enough just to know God's word. It's not enough just to believe, but we got to take it one step forward and we need to actually be obedient to God's word. It's this act of obedience that takes sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. There's a cost of, of this, but it's always worth it. And the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. And lastly, in order to seek the Holy Spirit, we need to desire the Spirit. We, I love, again, in John that we read earlier, it says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I love that word because to thirst for something means that you desire it. Everybody's felt that way when they need a drink of water. You're so thirsty, you desire water almost to the point that I need water in order to live. We've got to desire the Holy Spirit in the same way. It can't be an option for us. It can't fall into the category of just nice to have in our lives. But this must be, must be a necessary to have. Let us desire the Holy Spirit the way that we desire so many other things in our lives. We've just got, got, we got to have it. We need it. We need to desire the Holy Spirit. We must thirst for the Holy Spirit. We must thirst for it in our lives and come and drink so that our cup overflows, so that streams of living water would fall, would flow from our lives. Just in conclusion today, I just want to tell you a quick story about somebody who really came to understand what it means to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. And I really hope that this in many ways fires you up for what your life could look like as you invite the Holy Spirit to take center stage in your life. In the Middle Ages, there was a man born and raised in northern Italy, and his name was Giovanni. And he was raised in a wealthy Italian family, a life of luxury, a life of privilege. Uh, he had whatever he wanted. And all throughout his adolescence and throughout his early 20s, um, I mean, he was a party boy. He would spend his father's money. He would go out. In fact, he even led like a group of, uh, of friends and they would go around traveling around partying. Um, I mean, he, like, listen. The, the dude is in his early 20s. His name, Giovanni. He's wealthy. This Italian guy is probably wearing Gucci and Prada and all of these other things, going to all the you know nightclubs in Venice and everywhere else uh, and all these other kinds of things in the Middle Ages. I mean, the movie writes itself, basically. And he's going around and he's just wasting his time. He's wasting his family's money. He doesn't really have a purpose in life. And that's what he thinks his life is. Well, all of a sudden, when he's 25 years old, his city goes to war with a neighboring city. This is back in the Middle Ages when cities would just go to war with one another, I guess, right? I mean, watch out Burlington, okay? Uh, calling you out right now. <laughs> I'm glad that doesn't happen anymore. But his city went to war with another city and, and they fought. But during this time, he was actually captured and he was taken captive. And he spent a year in prison. It's been a year that he was just captured. And during that time, things really began to 
change in his life. He really took an important turning point there. His life went in a new direction. And after he was released, he, um, he was living in nearby an abandoned church. And he kept looking at the church. And every time he looked at the church, something in his spirit spoke to him and said, rebuild my church. And he kept hearing this, rebuild my church. Well, eventually, he responded to that call and he responded in a very practical way in that he actually went and he rebuilt the walls of that abandoned church that he kept hearing this phrase called to him from. He went and he rebuilt it. And then after that, his calling started to become more, more obvious to him and the Holy Spirit kept working in his life and he started to work to rebuild the spiritual heart of the church in the area in which he lived. Giovanni had changed his name to Francesco. We know him today as a man named St. Francis of Assisi, somebody who had a major impact on the world of Christianity during his life. He ended up giving up that life of luxury. He gave up his entire inheritance. He gave up his family name. He gave up everything in order to pursue the call that the Spirit had deposited in his life to rebuild the church. And even though he gave it all up, his cup was not empty. He gave up his wealth, he gave up his status and his position, but his cup overflowed. At one point, Francis was meeting with a few of his companions in a church, a small church, and uh, outside of the town of Assisi, and they sat around to have dinner, and Francis started speaking about God. And the Spirit of God began flowing out of him to the people that were around the dinner table with him. And they, uh, they, they wrote that they were just so moved by the Spirit of God that was working in their midst. They knew that God's Spirit was there amongst them. Well, as Francis was doing this, the villagers in the town of Assisi looked up and they saw that the, the, the forest that was surrounding this church was completely on fire. The villagers freaked out. They didn't want this fire to spread. All the trees were burning up. They were going crazy. And so they all got out. They were ready to fight the fire. They wanted to put it out before the blaze got even worse. They ran up to the church and all, they, all of a sudden they got there and they realized there was no fire. The whole village was really confused. They were wondering what in the world was going on. They had just seen this fire, but they saw that there was no fire. Instead, they went into the church and they heard Francis speaking and they heard the word of God being spoken and they realized that that fire had not been a physical fire, but it had been a spiritual fire. And that fire symbolized the fire of the spirit that was burning in the souls of these Christians. And the end result was that many people gave their lives to Jesus on that day. And the life of Francis has many, many, many more stories about miracles that the Holy Spirit did through his life, a life that was totally surrendered to the spirit of God. And one of the greatest parts about Francis's life and something that we've got to remember when it comes to living a life that is led, by, led and empowered by the Holy Spirit is that for all the wonders that took place in his life, for all the miracles, for all of these things, really soul growth was the objective. It wasn't about wowing people. It wasn't some kind of magic trick. It wasn't about scaring people or being weird or any of those other things that so often we associate with the Holy Spirit. The point of all the miracles that God used Francis to do, the point of all the miracles that the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through your life is for this simple result. Deeper love of God, greater holiness of life, and fuller freedom in the Spirit. That's what it's all about. 
So come on, let's lean into the Holy Spirit as a church. Let's not grow home blind to this. Let's remember that through the Holy Spirit, we will be empowered, that through the Holy Spirit, we will be purified, and that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself to you and wants to reveal purpose and direction for your life. Let's be a church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, a church that our cup overflows. Let us be a church on fire, that our spirits would be on fire with the Holy Spirit, a spiritual fire that draws people in. It doesn't push people away, but that the, that people would know that the church is not just some sort of club. It's not just sort of some sort of social group. It is not a center for entertainment or any of these types of things, but it is a group of people through whom the Holy Spirit is working to bring redemption to all of humanity. Hey, why don't we pray just to end today, church? Wherever you are, would you just bow your head and would you close your eyes? I wanna pray for two groups of people quickly right now. And the first group I wanna pray for is anybody who maybe has not made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I don't know what your life has been like up until this point, but God knows. And I really believe that there's a great purpose and future in store for you if you would just surrender your life to God. In this moment, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life that the Holy Spirit actually wants to cleanse you and purify you from a life of sin and actually give you freedom and peace and joy in your life. And so again, nobody's looking around, nobody is uh, whatever, nobody's snooping in, nobody's anything like that. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, there's a button coming up in the comments section that you can click that says, I'm making a commitment to follow Jesus. When I get to three, if that's you, I just wanna encourage you to click that button. It's anonymous, it's not gonna like, blast your name out to everybody or anything like that. But you can just go ahead and click that button as a statement of faith that says, this is where my life changes. I'm gonna accept the free gift of salvation so that I can live my life in the freedom that Jesus has for me. So again, with every head bowed and eye closed, when I get to three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he's got a great purpose for you. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Would you just click that button right now and make that decision? Amen. It's the best decision that you could ever make. We have people make this decision every week in our church. Amen. Well, hey, if you made that decision right now, I just wanna pray for you. And in just a minute, uh, there's gonna be some more information that comes for you as to how you can take another step. But in this moment, I just wanna pray for you right now as you really enter into this new stage of living your life with Jesus. So why don't we pray? Father, I thank you so much for this decision that was made to follow you. I just pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that your spirit right now would work in their life. Lord, we just thank you that, that this is a decision that changes everything. We thank you that you've made a way for us. Father, I just pray strength into their life and purpose. I pray, Jesus, that you would reveal yourself to them in miraculous ways. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, again, congratulations, and somebody's gonna come in just a minute and give you more information. But just to conclude this message, I wanna pray for one more group of people. So again, every head bowed and eye closed. I wanna pray for anybody who right now, you know that you need a move of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe you've grown home blind 
to the Holy Spirit. Maybe at once you were filled, but it's just gone. I don't know what it is. I believe that right now the Holy Spirit wants to fill you to overflow. That right now your life can actually flow with a stream of living water that will water the world around you, that your life can be influential, that your life can be empowered to do the work that God wants to do through you. If that's you, I just want you to stretch out a hand towards the screen right now. I'm stretching out my hand. I know that there's always another level when it comes to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be more aware. I want to be more led, more empowered, more purified today. So why don't you stretch out a hand? Jesus, we just pray for more of your spirit right now. We pray that you would move. We pray that your your spirit would come, that it would flood over us, Jesus, that it would fill our cup to overflow, that whatever our situation, whatever's going on, that our cup would overflow. Father, that we would be an example, that we would be filled, uh, that the fruit of the Spirit would be a defining factor of our lives. Lord, that your Spirit would guide us, that your Spirit would purify us. Lord, that sin would not be something that tries to hold us every single day, but we would break free from sin in our lives, that every day, every moment, we would surrender and be purified by your Spirit, that we would become more like you for the sake of the world around us. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, as a church, let your spirit move within us. Let your spirit pour upon us. Lord, we don't just want to be a church that is okay just going through the motions of church, but we want to be a church that is defined and marked by the work of your spirit. Jesus, that it would reach our community, that it would reach our friends, our workplaces, our schools, that it would reach our region through city impact, through connect groups, through all of these different things. Lord, let your spirit move. Right now, we pray in our lives, through our lives, in our church, through our church. Father, in this new season, as we enter the fall, as we enter all that is is ahead for us, Lord, let us be led by your spirit and not just by our own ambition. Let us put our own desires in line with your purposes for us. We thank you. We believe it, Jesus. We receive it. We stand upon it. In your mighty name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Come on, can we all thank Pastor Luke in the comment section right now? Again, whether you're watching on demand or live, why don't we just fill up that uh, that comment section thanking Pastor Luke for an incredible message. Um, Thank you, Luke, for the, um, the message that you brought and for closing off our Home Blind series. We're really excited for the next couple of weeks. We're gonna be speaking some one-off messages that are gonna really, I really believe, bless your soul. And uh, as we lead up to our fall kickoff on September 20th, uh, we're we're really excited for that. If you made a decision at the end of that service to make uh, Jesus your Lord and Savior, we wanna uh, tell you that this most simple thing that you can do and the most important thing that you can do is head to our website and fill out an online connect card. There, there's gonna be an option to say, I wanna learn more about Jesus. And when you do that, it'll enable us to actually follow up with you and provide you all the resources you need on this new journey of faith. You're not meant to go it alone. You may have made this decision in private, but it's meant to be lived out in public and we wanna be able to help you with that today. So please go online, fill that out. And again, if you haven't filled out a connect card before, but you've been watching maybe for a little while, maybe you tuned in halfway through the service and you're hearing this for the first time and you've only been watching for 10 minutes, please go online, fill out an online connect card. We would love to connect with you. Whether you wanna join a connect group, whether you want to join a team at Slate Church, even while we are online. There are so many different ways to get involved in church. So please fill that out. 
Another great way to know and understand and learn a little bit more about who we are as a church is to join something called Next Steps. If you're watching live, Next Steps happens right after this service. Right now there's actually a link being posted in our chat section that you can access. And essentially Next Steps is a 10 minute Zoom call that we're gonna have with you if you decide to join in. That's gonna get, give you the opportunity to hear a little bit about who we are as a church, meet some of our leaders, hear some of our vision, and most importantly, give you an opportunity to ask some questions right away about who we are as a church. If you've never been to Next Steps, I encourage you, click on that link right now. We would love to meet you, love to hear from you, and love to fill you in on what God's been doing in our church over the last three years. We absolutely love meeting new people, and really every single week, we connect with new people coming into Slate Church. And so we would love, love, love for you to hit that link right now. Well, hasn't this been a great Sunday? I wanna remind you that right after I'm done speaking, Slate Kids uh, uh, you know, has uh, an announcement pointing you to where you can find all of our Slate Kids content. And if you have kids, obviously you know the kids have been really enjoying everything that's been going on, whether it's uh, the content every Sunday or the camp week that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Slate Kids has just been doing a phenomenal job. Thank you to all the volunteers for all of your hard work. But listen, it's time to sign off. It's so good, uh, it was so good having you today. And uh, our prayers lead pastors that you would have a blessed week and uh, stay tuned because there's lots of exciting things coming this week. Hey Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slay Kids. So Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now.